the more fearful people become, the more they clamor for a king to save them. And if we're not careful, at this time in our nation's history, we will look to an earthly king and set our eyes on earthly kingdoms and look for earthly solutions to solve spiritual problems. Spiritual problems can only be solved with spiritual solutions and a king and a kingdom that is not of this world. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. American citizens will soon be casting their vote for the nation's next president. Some of us have hopes that he or she will lead us to better social, economic, and cultural conditions. And while there's no doubt that America is in need of reform, kingdom citizens understand that no earthly king or president has the power to bring about the kind of change that our nation truly needs. Well, I'm glad you're with us today as we find out just what it means to be a kingdom citizen and how our allegiance to King Jesus impacts our citizenship here on earth. Here's Pastor Trent. And let me invite you to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. And it is good to be back with you. While I've been away, another thing that I've had the opportunity of doing is watching the news. What a joyful thing that is nowadays. Of course, we began the month of July, like we began every July, celebrating our nation's independence, right? Declaration of Independence reminded that we're celebrating our 240th birthday as a nation in which we declared independence from a king. You see, Americans are not big fans of kings and kingdoms. We like to be known as self-governing, autonomous people, right? And so when we begin to talk about what it means to be a kingdom citizen, I realize that is a very foreign concept. We don't have kings and kingdoms in America. We like to talk about presidents and senators and and representatives, right? Well, we're going to learn throughout this series what it means to be not only an American citizen, but to be a kingdom citizen. The big idea of this series is this. Why are we doing this series? American citizens are freaking out because so few of them are living as kingdom citizens. And we're going to learn what it means to be a kingdom citizen in the days ahead. And then as we got into the month of July... At the turn of that month, we began to see, even on the news and in social media, things that were happening on the streets, police that seemed to be doing things that were unjust to African Americans in our communities, and and, and how could arrest turn into murder on the streets, and, and, and then in response to that, we all saw on July the 7th in the city of Dallas, a sniper that committed that horrible act of violence, killing five police officers and injuring six others. And then just days after that in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and on July the 17th, another gunman shot and killed three more police officers. On July the 14th, in, in, in a town in France, we saw a, a terrorist run a, a truck through a crowd of people, killing 84 people. And then that begins to make us wonder about our immigration policies, and and we see the racial tension and the divide, and the divide between black and white, rich and poor, left and right, church and state, 
faith and science, all this divide going on in our country. And of course, in the month of July, the two major political parties presented to us their best solutions to all of our problems. And we wonder, as American citizens, as kingdom citizens, what are we going to do about that? Well, I cannot tell you who to vote for, but I can tell you how to vote. Vote as a kingdom citizen. We're going to learn what that means as we unpack this series. It is obvious that the moral fabric of our nation is being torn. And in all honesty, if you interpret what is happening in our country through the lens of Scripture we would have to say we are experiencing the judgment of God because we have strayed from his laws, his commands, his principles, and as a result, it is hypocritical for us to sing God bless America when so little of America has chosen to bless God. So how do we interpret this as kingdom citizens? We shouldn't expect to get leaders that are any more godly than the nation. At times, what God does in judgment is gives people the leaders they deserve. And it puts us in a position to cry upward to God and recognize we don't just need a new president. What we need is a king. And we're going to learn what that means in this series. So let's open our Bibles this morning and see if we can get a little cultural commentary on what is going on. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 18. Here's a cultural commentary. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. That's what's happening in our land. The population of those who do not love the cross of Christ is increasing. And the population of those who love the cross of Christ is decreasing. We find ourselves as the minority opinion in a land that was founded upon biblical principles. And so we see in verse 19, how's it going to end? Who's going to win? Well, you can be certain their end, the enemies of the cross of Christ, their end is destruction. Please understand, the enemies of the cross of Christ are not our enemies. The enemies of the cross of Christ are our mission field. It is our job as kingdom citizens to turn enemies of the cross into lovers of the cross with the good news of Jesus Christ that will save them from the end that is destruction unless they repent and believe. And so our mission field is those enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God, with a little g, is their belly. They live for their appetites. They live for what tastes good or what looks good or what sounds good or what feels good because their appetite is unrestrained by the Spirit of God. Their, their God is their belly. And then it says, their glory, they glory in their shame. 
To glory in something means to make much of it, to boast in it, to elevate it. And unfortunately, what we see in our culture is so many things being glorified that we ought to be ashamed of. And then it says, they set their minds on earthly things, earthly kingdoms, and earthly kings. Human history shouts this fact. The more fearful people become, the more they clamor for a king to save them. And if we're not careful, at this time in our nation's history, we will look to an earthly king and set our eyes on earthly kingdoms and look for earthly solutions to solve spiritual problems. Spiritual problems can only be solved with spiritual solutions and a king and a kingdom that is not of this world. Verse 20 is our theme verse for the whole series, and it says this. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our hope. The hope of the world is that citizens of his kingdom would acknowledge him as the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and get their eyes up and set upon a kingdom that is not of this world. Our founding fathers knew this. They wanted to create a government that would prevent us from having a king. And so our founding fathers said things like this. Do you know the name Daniel Webster? He was a United States senator. He was kind of a cultural commentator. He became the secretary of state in the United States in the founding days of our nation. And he said this, the Christian religion, its general principles must ever be regarded among us as the foundation of the society. Whatever makes men good Christians makes them good citizens. So what happens to a nation where there are fewer and fewer Christians? Fewer and fewer Christians mean fewer and fewer good citizens. When the fabric and the foundation is removed, the whole thing collapses in upon itself under the weight of its shame in sin. And so you and I, are the hope of the world, that we would understand what it means to live as kingdom citizens. So, as we introduce this whole series just in the message today, let me just kind of warn you, um, unlike we normally do, opening to a passage of Scripture, walking through that, what we're going to do today is we are going to skim along the Bible, and I want to give you an, a broad overview of what the Bible has to say about this topic of kingdom citizenship. First, we're going to look at this word citizen, and then we're going to look at the word kingdom, and then we'll be done. That in no way means this message will be short. That just means we're going to unpack two words, okay? Now, as we understand this, let's first of all begin with this idea of citizen. Now, even in the video that we saw, which I'm so proud of our production team for making that original video and, and all the great things there, we, we gave it a, as I wrote the script for that, we, I gave it this definition. I looked at a lot of different dictionary definitions and I kind of molded them all together. Here's what we came up with. 
To be a citizen means to be a legal resident of a territory who owes his allegiance to and expects protection from its governing authorities. Now, that's true of a citizen of any particular country. How many of you watched the opening ceremonies of the Olympics? You stayed up late and you watched it, and then it, when they got to the Parade of Nations, you turned it off and went to bed because that's the part that nobody really cares about, right? Until maybe the American team walks in. Well, all of those citizens, I think it was, it was 204 of the 220 nations on the planet had citizens or athletes representing their country. And to be a citizen means that you are a legal resident of a territory who owes his allegiance to and expects protection from its governing authorities. Let's unpack that for a few minutes and let's apply that definition to our American citizenship on the left side and our kingdom citizenship on the right side. First of all, to be an American citizen means you are a legal resident. Now, how do you become an American citizen? Anybody know? Anybody know? How do you become? How many of you were born here? Raise your hand. You were born here. All right. How many of you were naturalized? Anybody naturalized? There's two ways to become an American citizen because I've got my handy pocket constitution right here, which I'm sure you're all carrying along with your Bibles this morning. And uh, it says here that the 14th Amendment says this, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of the citizens of the United States. So we become American citizens very simply by being born here. Didn't really have much to do with that, did you? Just showed up? How many of you are grateful that you were born in the American, uh, you're an American citizen? Now listen. We got problems, but if you think you're going to find a better place to live, you're going to be sadly disappointed. You're living in the best place with all of its problems. Thank God that we're American citizens and all we had to do was to be born here or to be naturalized. That means that you have to take a test and understand the Constitution. You have to pledge allegiance and, and you have to understand some things about our history so that you can be assimilated into the American citizenship. At least that's the way it's supposed to work. And then there are others that kind of cut the corners. Now, it is a lot easier to become an American citizen than it is to become a kingdom citizen. All you have to do to become an American citizen is to be born here. But to become a kingdom citizen, you have to be reborn. You have to be born again. John told, or Jesus told John, we looked at it a few weeks ago, that unless you are born again, no one will see the kingdom of God. And so you have to be not just naturalized, you have to be supernaturalized. Something has to happen from the outside in to change you from an enemy of the cross of Christ to a lover of the cross of Christ as you understand what happened on the cross of Christ, that he died on that cross in your place as a substitute for your sin. And once you repent and believe that truth, you know what you are? You are born again and you are supernaturalized and you become a kingdom citizen. I am under, I, I'm under no illusion that not everyone in this room has had that happen. Not everybody here is a kingdom citizen. 
but we have a dual citizenship. You understand? If you are an American citizen and you have been born again, supernaturalized, we are dual citizens. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens and enemies of Christ, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. So are you a kingdom citizen? Have you been born again? If not, we can take care of that at the end of the service here. If you're ready to express your faith in Jesus Christ, pledge your allegiance to Jesus Christ, live for him, bow and surrender to King Jesus, you can become a kingdom citizen. It's a legal resident of a territory. Now, if you're an American citizen, you understand the geographical boundaries and borders of the United States. It's a physical territory, right? And as a kingdom citizen, we understand that that territory is not a geopolitical border or boundary. It's a spiritual territory. That means that no matter where you are on planet Earth, wherever you are geographically within the borders of any particular country, there are kingdom citizens there if they have been born again into the household of God. So we're legal residents of a territory who owe our allegiance to. Now, as American citizens, there's a lot of ways to express our allegiance. We call it patriotism. We might stand and pledge allegiance to the flag. We might sing our national anthem. Another way to express your allegiance is to pay your taxes. Thought I might get an amen out of somebody. Not, no, no, not, not anybody a fan of big taxes? How many, how many of you fan, fans of uh, roads with no potholes? Yeah. How many fans of military that, that keep us safe? Fans of that? Yeah, well, somebody's got to pay for that. You're like, yeah, it's the, that 1%. That 1% needs to pay their fair share, right? No. And we all enjoy the benefits. We all express our patriotism because we all together contribute to the common Good, the common welfare. Now, as a kingdom citizen, the way that we express our allegiance is our worship. It is our obedience to the laws of God. It's the love that we have, not just for our country, but for our Savior. And you know what? We pledge our allegiance to Christ through a public profession of our faith. We gather together and we sing our faces off in the expression and the inscription of our glory to King Jesus, and we pay our tithes, and we serve, and we give, and we become ambassadors of our King by telling the story of how others can become kingdom citizens. So we owe our allegiance to, and we expect protection from, our governing authorities. So in America, we have military, we have police. Hopefully we have good laws and good lawmakers that protect us from evil and promote the good. As a kingdom citizen, we expect protection from angels, angel armies. Yeah, that's an upgrade over bombers and, and cannons. We get protection from our governing authorities. So what are the governing authorities as an American citizen? Well, we have three branches of government. Do you remember back to your ninth grade civics class? And we say, no. Just, no, I don't really remember much from ninth grade. Um, well, let me give you a little review. There's three branches of government, all balancing the powers so that there's not a king that arises 
And you know what those are? The executive, the legislative, and the judicial. At least that's the way it's supposed to work. Because I read my pocket constitution, and that's what it says. And then on, as a kingdom citizen, who do we expect protection from? Well, there's kind of some balances of power there too. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God that protects us from spiritual threats. And so as dual citizens, we understand we owe allegiance to two kingdoms. And yet our allegiance to the king must be the priority over our allegiance to any earthly kingdom. Here's the second thing I want you to know about being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom citizens seek the welfare of their earthly home. Now, it would be a mistake for us to think, well, America's just going to pot, and I'm just so glad I can come to a church, and maybe I can just kind of stay at home and, and cut the cable and, and not listen to the news, and we can just kind of live in the basement and, and maybe get some guns and ammo and food, and, and we can just kind of ride this thing out. Listen, this is not the first time that kingdom citizens have felt like they were in the minority or have lived as if they were in exile so far from our kingdom. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7. He's writing to a people under the judgment of God who have lost their religious freedom. They have lost their influence in their earthly kingdom. They are living as slaves and exiles, a minority group, in a country filled with the enemies of God. And Jeremiah says to them in Jeremiah 29, 7, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. First of all, notice it was God who sent them into exile. That was his judgment coming upon them. But now that they were in exile, they were to seek the good of the people who were enslaving them. And they were to pray to the Lord on its behalf. Some of you say, yeah, I pray all the time for the president. But you're praying imprecatory prayers. You know what an imprecatory prayer is? It's all those Psalms and read where like God just wipes people out and stuff. Listen, God wants you to pray for the welfare of this city of this community and of this nation. We're dual citizens. We want to see the welfare of the people around us prosper. Why? Because he says, in its welfare, you will find your welfare. So what does that mean for us? We're to pray. Pray for Donald. Pray for Hillary. Pray for justice in the criminal justice system. Pray for our police. Pray for minorities. Pray for righteous laws to be passed. Pray for court rulings that promote human flourishing and create strong families where a biological father is married for a lifetime to his child's biological mother because it promotes the flourishing of children who become adults, who will become fathers, so that the welfare of that family creates the good in the community 
and other people don't have to give welfare because there's a strong family there. We pray for those things. Pray that religious freedom will be upheld. And by the way, if you're getting all excited about any particular candidate that wants to shut off one particular religious group, why would you think that particular candidate wouldn't turn the tables and say, well, yeah, those people are just like these people and begin to restrict the religious freedom of those that are theologically aligned with us? Be careful. Be discerning. We're to serve the community. We're to serve the nation, relieve human suffering, especially eternal human suffering by giving them the gospel. We're to speak the truth in love as exiles. What if our families were strong? What if we were prosperous? What if there was a moral authority that we carried? Because people say, I just don't understand why you don't have all these chaotic problems going on in your life. Yeah, well, there are some principles and boundaries that I live my life by that kind of prevents a lot of this. And then they come ask us questions. As American citizens, why are the kingdom citizens doing so well? It's because we've stayed within the guardrails of God's truth. And in doing so, they get the answers they're looking for. And we need to express our will for godliness and character through things like political elections. I've heard some people say, man, I, I, I'm looking at the candidates and I'm like, I'm not finding any particular candidate that I think is really aligned. I am understanding that. I don't know who I'm going to vote for, but I guarantee you I will vote. I may write in Nathan Scroggins or Micah Clutinati or somebody. I don't know. Why are you going to vote? Because I still can. And I have brothers and sisters in Christ living under incredible persecution who don't have any voice in who governs them. How am I going to meet them in heaven? And they look at me and say, you had a vote and you didn't use it? 20 years from now, are you going to be able to look into the eyes of your children who have lost their right to vote because they believe in Jesus Christ and stand for truth? And they're going to look at you and say, you had a right to vote and you didn't use it? We seek the welfare by the voice and the one vote. I am under no illusion that me going into that ballot box and casting my vote is going to sway the election in any particular way. But it is a gift that the Founding Fathers gave us, and we should vote. You may have heard the phrase, in the world, but not of the world. Jesus says in John 17 that we are not of this world. And he prays a surprising prayer in the next verse. He says this, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. We must not forget the incredible responsibility that we have as kingdom citizens. We've been sent by King Jesus to introduce him and the light of the gospel to a lost world around us. Well, thanks for joining us today, and I hope you'll return next week for the second part of this message.
We'd also like to invite you to join us at one of our weekend worship services now on two campuses, Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on our Granger, Indiana campus, or Sundays at 10 a.m. on our St. Joseph, Michigan campus. For our campus locations and for more information about Harvest Granger, visit us online at harvestgranger.org. Well, I'm Aaron Paulus, and I hope that God's Word will resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel, Granger. Visit us on the web at harvestgranger.org.